Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Kave. Joining me today is a very special guest co-host, Dr. Chase Anderson. Dr. Chase Anderson, welcome <laughs> back to the House of Pod. Thank you for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me back. It's like awesome to be back with you again. And now you're you've reached guest co-host status. It feels like an it's like those like medical upgrades when you move from like resident to fellow and you're like Yes, I have exactly like it. Week. Yes, but with even less pay. <laughs> oh, we get paid for this? <laughs> oh, this? No. no. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. I was just I mean, wondering. I'm not losing as much money as I used to, so I consider that a win. <laughs> um, you know, I love following you on Twitter. Uh, I'm so sorry. And, well, I gotta tell you, I mean, you make looking gay look awesome and it makes me jealous and for the first time in my life i would consider trying it because it looks like you're having so much fun in every picture you are living your best life yes is okay first of all is is that like how much of that is like curated (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah i mean come on you're because you're a normal human person you have your ups and downs but it does look like you're having an amazing time in your life right now am i am i wrong about that no that is completely accurate um first i want to say like yo if anybody ever wants to try like they're experimenting they shouldn't because mm-hmm. like it's an important part of life we don't know what we like till we try it um and then I have never been so happy in like medicine. I didn't know it was possible to be this happy. Um, Like the pictures are with gay physician friends and as well as like other gay friends. And it's just, they're all so nice. And they remind me of my friends from MIT where it's becoming a family very quickly. Um, And people are just letting me be myself. Like I wouldn't wake up now. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's the community you feel. Yes. It's community. It's also like my work community at UCSF is really wonderful. I have a program director who like, I had gotten some like hate things that were like pretty threatening online. And I like called her and she was just like, we will protect you. Like, what do we need to do? Um, She is like, made sure I don't have to handle things about racism that I don't want to. The place is like, so accepting. I told her about like wearing a harness during Pride and she was like, that sounds so fun. And like <laughs> my colleagues were also like, yo, Chase, I heard you're like going out tonight. Where are you going? And they're like, you are living. And like my colleagues come along for those things too. And like it's just it shows what medicine could be. In a yeah. 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 When you're with the group and the community that understands you and appreciates you. That's amazing, man. I'm really glad that you had that. You know why? I mean, you deserve it for everyone deserves it, but you, I think, particularly deserve it because you do such a good job of trying to get out there and get other people 
to be themselves and to find that joy. I mean, I really do appreciate that, man. I think that's really great that you do that. And I know it's not easy. People assume that once you have a big Twitter following, I mean, I wouldn't know. I have to assume this as well. But <laughs> people would assume that like it, you get to say whatever you want with impunity and you have all these people validating you, but that's not really how it is. You're still out there facing prejudice uh, mm -hmm. daily out there. Yeah. And even if it's coming from a small account and you're a big account, that still still has to fuck with you a little bit. I mean, how do you how do you keep it from fucking with you? I block people very quickly now if they are not respecting my boundaries. Um, I will give people sh like attempts at being respectful in how they converse about things. But if somebody opens by calling me the N word, which happens sometimes, then they get blocked immediately. They're not ready to engage. Um, it's setting limits and also like. I think the thing is the it's something I had to think about when I like revealed myself on Twitter from my pseudonym. I was like, if you do this right and things get bigger and you talk about these things, other people will find you that are not as nice. Um, and I was like, is that okay? So I have to set my own limits and how I like limit access to me as well. Um, right, right. Good question. Yeah, totally. I, I imagine that must also be the case is, is it's a stress not just from people who want to take things from take your joy from you but also people that see your joy and they want a part of it so bad and not in a bad way they want you to help them but you you're, you can't you can't help every single person on the internet you don't have the time or the emotional capacity nobody does yeah. um that has got to be hard for someone like you to to set limits i'm glad that you're doing that it is, definitely is hard i think you know me i want to heal the world but what I think about to myself is if I help enough people or I do things right with enough people creates a positive ripple effect. I've seen it happen in college and I've seen it in like medicine and other places. You can't do it all, but like you can do enough that it will then create a better sphere for almost everybody. Hopefully. Do you find that you're like, uh, you're in these situations where someone's like, you know, thinks they know you because they follow you online mm -hmm. and they're upset because you're not reciprocating what they feel is a two-way relationship, even though you don't know this person at all. Yeah. Um, I first appreciate that people feel that familiarity in a lot of ways. I think it means that I have been open in a lot of ways. However, I think we need to learn how to set our limits internally in some ways, because I've had attendings who have been like, oh, I follow you on Twitter on my first day of the rotation, or I've read your articles. And I'm like, that talks about my suicidality from back in the day. Mm -hmm. And that gives you information I might not have shared with you, or I might not have like shared with you in the way that you got to read it. Um, so when that happens, I actually very quickly set some different kind of limits of like, what you see online is not me, in a, or it's me, it's an extension of me. Yeah. But there's much more to me. And when I'm out with friends, like I just want to be with friends. I don't want to talk about like Twitter all the time or like who I am on Twitter because I just want to be a person. Um, and on Twitter, I'm very open and I think very my, much myself. But moving from that into the real world, when somebody sees me on the street and says hi or other things, like, sometimes that can be invasive. So like thinking about how do we interact with people in the public once they like think they know us um, has been something I've actually been thinking about a lot lately. Yeah. I mean, I don't have to deal with that. <laughs> so, so I don't entirely know what that it must be like, but you mean like you just look in windows when people are dining out somewhere and you see them and tell them later? So for the listener who doesn't know, that reference is I was out in San Francisco uh, with someone else, uh, another friend from Twitter, Miranda Yaver. She was visiting San Francisco and we saw Chase eating in a restaurant. Um, and I did stick my head in the window to try and get your attention. Yeah, but I didn't want to stay there for too long doing that because, you know, that gets creepy after like, I don't know, five minutes of doing it. So <laughs> we left you alone. Um, so, yeah, but next time I am going to just walk into the restaurant and bother yeah. you, I think. 
uh anyways uh so that that I, that is an interesting part of your internet fame i think that you are now going to have to sort of address i am curious to know how that goes i mean you deserve your space and um you do a lot for people i mean you really do but i also kind of worry about you in a way because i know how much you want to do and yeah. i don't know if that's really possible <laughs> to heal as many people as you can but your sphere of influence is huge and i think it's only getting bigger so i'm i'm really impressed i'm proud of you is what i'm trying to say chase yeah. i'm real proud of what what i see you doing uh and i'm really grateful for you to come and join me on the show today and and we're going to be interviewing a couple of other amazing people and chatting i have some topics i think we all have some things we need to get off our chest um and i'm really glad that you're going to be here to help me do it so uh, everyone stay tuned coming up next we have dr jesse gold and ashley bartholomew we are on twitter if you haven't already followed us follow us at the house of pod you can uh, also subscribe to our show pretty much everywhere you listen to your podcasts if you can leave us a review on itunes that sure would be great and uh stay tuned Welcome back, everyone. Today, as we mentioned at the top of the show, I have a special guest co-host. We have Dr. Chase Anderson here, and he's helping me to interview two amazing guests. Let's first start with uh, you, Dr. Jesse Gold. How are you? And can you tell everyone a little bit about who you are? Um, I'm doing okay. Um, I'm a psychiatrist. I work at WashU in St. Louis where I'm an assistant professor and the director of wellness engagement and outreach. Uh, I'm an outpatient psychiatrist and see healthcare workers and college students. And Ashley Bartholomew, tell me a little bit about who you are, what you do. Hi, um, I'm Ashley Bartholomew. I'm a registered nurse. Um, my BSN, I've worked in um, a variety of uh, jobs and areas in nursing. I've been a nurse for 10 years. Um, and we just moved from Texas to Florida. Wow. And, and what do you think so far? I mean, Florida's crazy. Yeah. Florida, is it, it, crazy. As it's been advertised? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Listen, we have no great, listeners in Florida. We have. Wow. Nobody in Florida listens to the show, so you can say whatever you want. <laughs> I mean, some people were like, oh, well, you're coming from Texas and you're going to Florida. It shouldn't be a big change. I'm like, well, it's El Paso, which is very different. Um, but thankfully, I'm, I'm, I'm in Tampa, so it's, um, it's not as uh, crazy as some other parts. As right it could here. be. I was raised in Florida for most of my life. Where? Uh, like Jacksonville, Gainesville, most of Florida. I and was there for like kindergarten on through most of my high school so uh, you know are the stereotypes true <laughs> <laughs> i didn't go to high school like the full of high school there because i would like watch tv all the time and my and like still get a's and my parents were like what are you doing and i was like school <laughs> they were like i think it's a little easy <laughs> so i left i went to boarding school but uh uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a place where we learned Florida history for a lot of my education, a lot more than we learned regular well, history. Florida State Board of Tourism. There you go. Dr. Jesse Gold says Florida. It's a place. <laughs> there we go. Um, it's a place. You can use that. It's a place. You can put that on a bumper sticker. Um, yeah, there's a beach. It's It's got Disney World. <laughs> there's a beach. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Here, I, there's a lot of things I want to talk to you guys about. And this is a really, I think, fun group to discuss this in. I, I just am so excited. Sorry. I please. I'm so excited. Um, I mean, I've texted Jessie a lot. Like, I probably annoy her more than she wants me to text her. But um, I, I don't know that I've ever, like, Zoomed with her or something. And then Chase, I've never I've never really talked to you. I mean, we follow each other and stuff. But I am I was like, ooh, I'm excited. And look, there's... There's literally a unicorn sitting here right next to me. Yeah. So you knew that like, okay, you knew my, like my symbol needed yeah. to be next to you. Okay. I'm here for it. That yeah. is his Patronus for sure. <laughs> um, so let me tell you guys something that happened to me. No one's mentioned my new haircut 
Uh, it looks great. You. Love it. Thank you. We just wanted you to have the chance to share about it first. You're right. Yeah, it is my it is my story to tell, I suppose, uh, this haircut. It's my first professional haircut in over a year of COVID. And uh, it, I got it done at this hipster uh, barber shop in San Francisco. Is there is there a barber shop that's not hipster? We do have supercuts. <laughs> we we have a couple of supercuts, which is where I would normally go, but you know, I took I went to a nice place, uh, and I of course get what I hope is the only anti-vaxxer barber in San Francisco being my barber, and I'm immediately like, oh my god, this is why I don't get professional haircuts anymore. In she was a little subtle about it at first, but she started doing this thing that, what do they call it? Sea lioning? Have you guys heard that term? Where mm-hmm. like people yeah. conservatives, can you, Chase, do you think you could explain what that term means? Yeah, so it's basically like somebody will say something and you're like, I don't agree with that. Or they'll come up to you and be like, oh, I don't like like what you were saying. Could you provide some statistics about it? You provide the statistics, then they'll come back to you and be like, oh, I don't agree with those statistics. Could you provide some other data about it? Right. So then it just devolves and they will keep asking questions, but they will never agree with your point. They are basically, you can never convince them. Yeah, that, that's my understanding of it too. And they it's kind of to waste your time and to def, just to drive the conversation off the rails. And I don't understand where the sea lining part of that comes in. Well, I have no idea if, if a listener knows, please tell us. But at some point, are they barking <laughs> like that? Maybe, maybe that's what it, yeah. Maybe that's what like that's what it's like. That that was my that was the best sea line. I loved I it. Do. Okay, that thank was, you. That was a You're welcome. And she asked me at one point. She was like, um, "Oh yeah, okay, yeah, I see, I see. Yeah, you're making. I see what the points you're making there. But you know, are you a are you familiar with all the products that go and all the ingredients that go into the vaccine? And I was I had to be gentle, of course, because she is holding scissors to my head, and. <laughs> And uh, it works the way that it, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) And, and I'm like, um, no, I don't know all the ingredients that you're putting into this hair product that you're putting into my hair either, but I'm letting you do that. And I had this really frustrating experience as she tried to do this. And I, I learned pretty quickly in the course of that conversation that all my normal talking points that might work with someone who's vaccine hesitant did not we're not going anywhere. I was very frustrated by it. I just want to know first if you guys have had any experiences like this. Oh, okay. Listen, I'm on the East Coast now, so I'm a couple of hours and drinks ahead of you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, that's hard. Um, I mean, I, uh, part of me like thinks that we got to meet people like where they are. Right. And so um, you know, you're not going to win anyone over those that are hesitant and like kind of questioning or whatever, um, by like, just, you know, calling them an idiot or being angry towards them. Um, it's just like public health 101. Um, but the human side of me, um, just wants to like shake my fists at the, at the sky. Um, and just, I can't really wrap my head around, um, you know, where you can kind of justify, like, I don't know, what's the stuff that they put like the scissors in? Barbicide. Formaldehyde or something. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, but you're so concerned you want to know like every single ingredient in the COVID vaccine. Like, come on, I don't know. Come on, man. So it's all this frustration. I mean, Dr. Gold, you might be the best person to answer this. How do you guys deal with the frustration behind this? That's a really good question. You know, I mean, I was thinking when Ashley was talking because, I mean, I first talked to Ashley when, I mean, probably everybody is first introduced very much to Ashley with her tweets about taking care of like a person who didn't believe in COVID um, and how powerful that experience was. And I mean, I talked to Ashley for a long time about that, wrote a piece about her experience and have talked to her a long time since. And I think, you know, that experience has very much evolved right because like back then um you could not believe in it but if we didn't have a treatment um there's something different there because if you don't believe in it but you choose not to wear a mask or you choose not to do something there's something different about that because you're choosing not to do something but it's a public health preventative measure 
And that's a little bit different than choosing not to do something that we know for sure, for sure works and would help you immediately and help everybody around you. And we know works. It's just something different about that. And um, people were very frustrated, Ashley included, um, with that experience, even then, like tangibly angry, emotional, hurt then, right? But it has greatly evolved right now to the fact that ICUs are full of people who are only unvaccinated, right? Really. And that is really hurtful and becomes this thing for healthcare providers where it's ethically really challenging because of course we're going to take care of people because that is our job. But in the same respect, every single person is choosing not to take care of themselves and choosing not to take care of other people and choosing to take resources and take our time and hurt us even or have the potential to hurt our families and hurt us. Right. And ethically, it is really, really taxing. Um, and it's very hard for us to say that out loud because we don't live in a world where it is easy for us to say we're mad at patients or we are very hurt by what they're doing because, you know, even to say that about a racist patient or an anti-Semitic patient, like one patient, it is hard for us to say that, right? Let alone a room full of them, let alone an entire ICU full of them, right? It's just not something we do. Like we might, pull aside the one resident who had that experience and have that conversation, but we often don't, right? We're really pushing medicine to get used to that. Even that one conversation, right? Like we just don't do it. For the most part, we push that down and say like, well, like we'll get over that, right? But we don't. And we certainly don't when it's every single day, every single patient. So people are really struggling right now. And the most that I've really been able to say is we need to talk about this and we need to talk about it out loud. And we're not going to get by pretending like this is normal and pretending like it's okay. No, I think that's like such a good point. And both of you bring up excellent points because we're especially going into like a second like episode of this happening all over again. And I think that's really hard for everybody to sit with as physicians and like healthcare workers being like, we did this. We need to allow for physicians to be like, and healthcare workers to say like, I'm tired. Like, I don't want to have to do this again. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, Dr. Gold, like, I, I mean, you, you summed it up so eloquently, like, um, it's really hard to follow up with that, but, you know, from my perspective, just like, it was really hard, you know, in, in November to deal with like a anti-science, um, denier, like face to face, just the reality of that. Um, and that was pre-vaccine. Um, and now to deal with that now, it stings a little bit more. It stings in a different way. I mean, the reality is, is that a lot of people, I told my mom this today on the phone. I said, the reality is is that a lot of people that end up in the hospital, it's because they did something stupid, myself included, right? Like, like, you know, you're climbing a ladder, you fall off, you break your leg, you're in the hospital. Like, okay. Um, we're human. Um, but the difference is, is that when I'm taking care of someone that was in, um, you know, a car accident or, you know, didn't wear their helmet on their motorcycle, that type of thing, um, I'm not going to bring that home and infect my children with that, um, where COVID is different. And so then it's like, well, you made that choice and now I'm here trying to take care of you. And now you're, you know, potentially going to harm me and harm my family. And, um, and it, it, it definitely sits different than, um, than it did a few months ago. It's so hard to not be angry. Uh, and one thing that you touched on really well is we have to be able to voice that what I think becomes hard. Um, and it's going to be hard for a lot of healthcare professionals, doctors and nurses, et cetera, is being able to voice that without punching down, to patients, so to speak, and without alienating more people, you know, and I don't know how to do that right. I do feel like doctors should and healthcare workers should be able to voice their frustration and we shouldn't be victims. Um, But 
the, it is difficult. It's a challenge to to not further alienate people out there by coming off as pretentious, uh, coming off as holier than thou, um, or patronizing online. If I like listen to my hindbrain, if I let my hindbrain do all of like my tweets, every tweet would be like, "Why aren't you vaccinated yet? Why aren't you vaccinated? What about now? What about now?" And and that doesn't help. Obviously, it doesn't help. And I don't know. That's the thing I'm trying to deal with is trying to maintain like a, a sense of humor and zen about this. And that's hard because just like you said, the rates are going back up again. It feels like Groundhog Day. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, it's really hard because I mean, I have only, I have family members, um, not in my immediate, um, you know, household, but, um, you know, close relatives who won't get the vaccine. And it's like, do I need to describe my trauma that I already told you guys about? Um, you know, not just my trauma, but the 600,000 people that have died, but I'm telling you firsthand. And, you know, prior to this, like for years, you would text me like, Hey, what's this rash ash? Right. <laughs> Come on. And now all of a sudden, like you just, don't care what I say like it doesn't matter like I don't know and so it's totally totally agree that's the part I don't understand still like if you don't trust our opinion on this very serious topic where we I think for the most part have been messaging very clearly as you all know there are some medical contrarians out there who try to throw you know you know curveball every now and then or they try to take a different perspective but the vast majority of medical professionals agree about vaccination, the vast majority. And, and if you don't trust us on something this simple, why why come to us with anything is what is the question I ask. Like, why would you come to me for any advice if you don't trust me on this really easy one? Yeah, or if you, you know, there's all those people out there that are just like, oh, it's in the media, it's just the media hyped it up. Okay, well, I'm a real person that you knew before COVID, you know me for 36 years. So I'm telling you firsthand. Right college and you're still not getting it so i don't know uh i i guess i dr gold will have to tell us how to cope with that i'm not sure we'll see i like the idea that someone texted you what's the rash ash um <laughs> but like it feels like a cheer in bring it on like there's this part where they go i got the door tour and that's what it reminded me of but i'm also i have a problem with pop culture knowledge but you know what I do think like, so there are healthcare workers that don't believe in it. And that's an added problem, right? Like, so, you know, I'm at a place that is requiring vaccines. And I think that's important. And, um, you know, I have a few patients that um, were telling me stories about um, being at other hospitals that just announced that they were requiring it and people walking off rounds when they said that that was happening. And, you know, uh, healthcare workers that left our hospital when it was announced to go to those places that were like training <laughs> at those hospitals, hoping that those hospitals wouldn't require vaccines. And then once they announced that, like now, now they can't work there because they were hoping to work there because they wouldn't require vaccinations. And, you know, if we can't do it, like, that's also not, we're not modeling it, right? And I just, that's a big problem, too. And, you know, I don't know what to say about that. That is really hard for me. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of the people on social, that's not what you're really seeing from healthcare workers on social. That's a different message. But I think that's what you're seeing from healthcare workers who are protesting or suing the hospitals they work at or blatantly leaving the hospitals that they work at. And that's a very hard message if you're seeing those or the ones going on TV and actively saying Looney Tunes things, right? right. Like that doesn't help either. And Right. You know, I think that's a that's a huge problem. Hard ass with stuff like that. Like I'm like, look, like we live in a free society. Like, sure, like go be off the grid and like go do your own thing. But if like you want to participate in in society and in civilization, you want to be able to go to the Walmart and drive on the roads. Then there's requirements and there's standards for that. And if you don't want to meet them. <laughs> then then you don't get the benefits of of it and so i kind of apply that same logic to like the hospital like 
I mean, I tweeted this a couple of months ago now, but I was like, uh, um, you know, the vaccine should be mandatory for healthcare workers because we don't need typhoid Marys giving COVID to, you know, post-op patients who are otherwise healthy. And, and, you know, what does that look like when 60 year old grandma comes in to get, you know, a knee done or whatever. And then I give her COVID because I'm an anti that, that like, no, that, yeah. that's, crazy. that's crazy. Either be on board with the science or, or, you know, or go, go away. <laughs> Dr. Dr. Anderson, what do you think about mandating vaccines for healthcare workers? Yeah, I mean, I think it's absolutely necessary um, as of right now. I think we've had so many people who've lost friends and colleagues from people, patients coming in not vaccinated. We don't know if it sometimes came from colleagues who were not vaccinated. That is loss that will stick with people for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Why would you ever want to put somebody through that again? I think what's being brought up now is like, if you live in our society, there needs to be a little bit more of a social contract and social empathy as well as the other thing we need to be thinking about is why are we not caring more about this? And then the other thing that both of you have brought up really expertly is how do we sit with that anger and also not just that, but the sorrow from all this, like being called heroes and things like that. And like, but your own hospital isn't mandating things or isn't protecting us enough. So how have you both been sitting with that kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point. It's hard when you know, it, this, it's the same thing. It's the, the same song and dance. When um, we said last year, when, you know, they, they called us heroes in the spring and then called us liars in the fall. And, um, and now, you know, the same thing where it's like, well, you're, you know, you have, oh, heroes work here, the sign, you know, mm-hmm. that you walk in every day when you go to clock in, but then you're like allowing kind of like a fringe thing to happen where, you know, we're, we could potentially be harming patients, um, the, you know, the unvaccinated people. Um, and, and that doesn't sit well. And so, um, it, you know, kind of goes back to like, well, what's the priority here? And so we know that there's like a, a staffing crisis. So are they scared to mandate the vaccines because they're scared of losing more nurses? But at the same time, all it takes is one or two bad experiences to become public before that becomes a public relations nightmare for that hospital. Yeah. I mean, how, I mean, can you imagine what will happen one day? That's going to happen. There's going to be a hospital that does not mandate it. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to be working in a post-op clinic and they'll be dealing with patients who come out of surgeries or some procedure and they're not wearing their mask and they're dealing with a nurse that is not vaccinated and that gets spread to that person. I mean, or that's... a tech, or a EVS, or right. a lab, or a pharmacy, or a this, or that, or that. You know, when you're in the hospital as a patient, there's a variety of people you're in contact with, and so it's not just doctors, it's not just nurses. It is everyone that has access to patients um, in any capacity. Um, and and you know, I said this the other day is that if you if you don't have the brain cells to understand the science and you're working in this profession, you need to at least have the empathy um, to to understand basic humanity, like Chase said, where you you don't want to do harm to someone, you don't want to cause them, um, you know, what could be the worst time of their entire life, you know? Um, And so that's something I think about too. So let me ask you guys this, as we start to deal with the Delta variant more and more, and who knows, say Gamma or Lambda or some other variant comes along. And the sororities of the sororities. (laughs) (laughs) Delta Gamma. I know, I feel like it's a sorority (laughs) fraternities. You said this party, so I was about to say, "Oh, the frat parties." I know, like it's it just rush. doesn't. It, it does. It does feel like rush, but not the kind of good kind. Yeah, it's like a frat party, but with even more puke. And yeah, yeah and not bed. a good kind. You definitely yeah. don't want that bit. We could talk about frat parties for a little bit. I actually kind of wanted to hear everyone's experience in college, but we'll save that for another episode. Anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll 
to a few frat parties, but Ashley is is actually want to hear Ashley's. Yeah, Ashley. Ashley. Ashley looks like she had a where good you go time to, in college. Yeah, where'd you go to college? So, um, I was different because I was like, oh yeah, she's military. Yeah, I was like Adam Sandler when I went to um, <laughs> went to college <laughs> because I was 22 because I did four years of the military first. So I was like the old chick, but guess what? That meant that I could buy booze. So like I was in <laughs> very fun. And you probably looked the exact same age because you still yeah. look like you're in college. She's like the hot chick who could buy booze. Like what? <laughs> and she does her hair, like moves it around a little bit. She's ready. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, where was I? Anyway, so. So as the I say that with due respect. Yeah, all due respect. <laughs> love. Yeah. Um, so as these variants come along and we are risked uh, being put back into some state of quarantine, like I don't think we'll be. We've learned a lot about you know coronavirus since it first came to our attention, and we a lot of the things we did in the beginning we don't need to do. I don't think we'll ever need to do again. But say worst case scenario we have to go back to some closer semblance of quarantine where we can't be out at parties as much as we are, or we can't do the things which, and, and I know you all have a very active social life. Dr. Anderson in particular, as we talked mm -hmm. about at the top of the show, <laughs> has a very happening social life. At least so, if you believe social media. Yeah, <laughs> I believe, I believe him. Um, the glitter so, proved that. <laughs> yeah, he's proven it. So, I mean, I'm worried about how that is going to be for all of us. Uh, I'm worried about it for myself. I mean, to be honest with you, I feel like we did a pretty good job for the most of us. We got through it. It was brutal. Um, we had some advantage that some people don't in that we still, a lot of us still went to the hospital and were still working and socializing. Um, a lot of people did not experience that. But even us, it's stressful. And I'm worried about what will happen if we have to go back to that. Are you guys thinking about that at all? You know, like, I try not to. I mean, it's it's so bad to say that because like I'm in a profession that thinks a lot about a lot of these things. Right. But like I feel like every stage of this has just been this like inevitable everything for mental health, which is that there's no ending of any of this for mental health, which is. It's been bad. It's going to be bad. There's going to be more bad. And all of this, when you look ahead for mental health, is not something that's ending. And if there's more things that are causing stressors, all I see are more patients. And I saw that anyway, even if this was getting better. I saw, um, you know, when people would take a breath and realize how bad this was, that we would still have more patients. So if we're going to now have another variant causing more people to have more stressors to go back to not having school as what they thought they would be having. I don't like that. <laughs> like I just see more compounding stressors for mental health, prolonging the experience, leading to more people having exposures of mental health problems, leading to more compounded things, leading to more compounding traumas. And to me, that's just like, I have enough patients and we have a broken enough mental health system that it kind of hurts my heart, to be honest. So I try a little bit not to think about it because I have a lot of patients and not a lot of patience, like, you know, with the other way of spelling it. And I think that um, I burned out or, uh, you know, I made it through a good bit of the pandemic and I and I crashed pretty hard, burned out, didn't really think of myself as a frontline worker until I was. And I think I have a better handle on how to manage it, but I worry a bit about managing much more. And I think a lot of mental health workers probably do too. And we don't have the capacity to handle a lot more, to be honest. And there's no way to flex it. And there's no way to find more people. And there's no way to help, you know, like we can create peer support programs and we can train people and we can come up with things that we can come up with to try to flex as much as we can. But we're going to find all the cracks in the system and you're going to see them all happen. And it's not going to be pretty. It wasn't going to be pretty before this. It's not going to be pretty if we keep having these stressors. So it's really hard for me to think about, to be completely honest, without sounding like a huge Debbie Downer, <laughs> like I just did. 
Don't worry, I'm gonna play happy music over this. Like, yeah, like I'm a pretty positive. I mean, like in general, like a pretty positive person. I, you know, but it's really hard for me to not be like that about this. Yeah, yeah, same here. Same here. Are you guys noticing that people are just like have forgotten how to act in front of people? Like, are people just? I feel like people are just ruder, meaner, like people not I'm not talking about like just, you know, patients. I'm talking about just like out in the world, like people yelling at like waitresses or complaining more. Like I'm hearing horror stories from my friends in the the restaurant industry. Like it, it are people just losing their like just they're losing their ability to like socialize is this something that can happen on a quick basis like a year has already started our downward descent into the walking dead sort of like apocalypse i I, I feel like it don't you guys am i I off tell me no i think so like i mean i've been out a couple of times i was out today trying to find some stuff for the house or whatever um wore a mask one of the only people out with a mask on because again i'm in florida um but uh, which means they're all vaccinated, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and then it was weird because I sat there thinking, "Oh, huh. So are all the ma- all the masked people or the vaccinated people? Got it." Um, but no, I mean, I, I feel like people are crazy. Like they're just it just it just exacerbated the crazy in everyone, right? And then maybe everyone is thinking like, oh, like if, if things get bad again, things will close down. And so like everybody's trying to like squeeze in some life right now. I don't know. People are worried about the backslide a little bit again, I think. Yeah. And we're seeing a lot of selfishness again. Yeah. And I think it's people are like me, me, me right now during this time. And what can I get out of this while we're like not in quarantine before we go back in again? Yeah. All right. Well, I think, you know, it's like if you if you know, I live, I don't live with a lot of people, right? I got a dog. I don't have to think about a lot of things. But when you when you like get used to making your own schedule and making your own decisions a lot and not having to go into work and make, you know, you you your mindset becomes very self-centered, right? And so when you then venture into the world where having to make decisions at all revolves around other people it is a lot harder to change your mindset if any if you've you know moved into an apartment with a roommate or with a partner or you know had to change your lifestyle in that way you can kind of think about it like that right like that's a big adjustment and i think that that's sort of what people are doing but going back into the workplace or going back into the world which is like oh crap like I actually have to like give or take some here. Right. Which is like, I can't do everything that I want to be doing. Like I have to actually do some things that other people want me to do too. And like, I can't just do what I want to do when I want to do it all the time. But it sometimes takes like a little bit of punishment and a little bit of somebody being like, dude, like you can't say that. Or like, Hey dude, like that's me. And like, you can't yell at that waitress or like, you can't yell at the airline lady. Like you you can't just like punch a flight attendant. Like that's not what we do. Right. right? So it's a lot of like reestablishment of social norms and social cues and like your, you know, the relationships with each other and stuff like that. And like, that's probably worse for some people because maybe inherently they realize turns out they're really horrible people, but they needed to be alone. Right. But like, it's a lot of that, I think, you know, but like, I think that's what happens maybe worse for some people than other people, but that's sort of how I think about it and where the psychological like mindset comes from where you're like, what is wrong with that person? But I mean, I think that that's, you know, how I think about where, you know, you're seeing these behaviors and you're like, I just don't get it. It's sort of like, do you ever have a roommate who was an only child in college and you were like, God, I can't live with that person. It's sort of like that. And yeah. you just like yeah. had to teach them how to live. And um, if you couldn't, you had to move out of that room. Right. right. Anti-vaxxers are like the only children. I yep. get it. I get it. Well, not just them. Everyone's acting a little bit different. That's a great, that's a great way to sum it up. That's fantastic. Okay. Uh, I want to close up. I would prefer not to close up on a downer note, 
but I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking like we we do on these things like what's everyone grateful for? But that's also like one of these annoying like you know like things that you do in a group meeting that like you're forced to do for like a wellness like lecture or something. So I'm not going to make you guys do that. Chase's I'm not gonna hair. You, I. I am actually grateful for Chase's hair too. It helps him stand out in a crowd in San Francisco so I can spot him very easily. Let's say what we appreciate about other people. This is a good game. I'm grateful about how Ashley is like a really good voice for nursing because I think that we don't always get a really strong nursing voice. And I think we need a really strong nursing voice. And I think that we are really bad about always uplifting nursing voices and we need to do a better job. But Ashley does such a good job, like representing nurses and especially bedside nursing and like nursing that is in in the pandemic and on the front lines. And she's extremely empathetic, but extremely strong. And all of that is needed for right now, but always. And I'm grateful to know her. Oh, thanks. Oh, that's so sweet. How do I follow that up? Like, I mean... (laughs) Just, you were also really, really good in Sweet Home Alabama, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. She's also really pretty. <laughs> she looks did like I, Reese Did I say that listeners. she was really pretty? I'm like a video person. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it always really looks like she just like steps out of like not yeah. trying, but she's yeah. just like, I'm sorry I woke up like this. <laughs> It's like Galinda in Wicked, where her hair is just like, you know, ready, flowing in the breeze. She's like spreading magic throughout the world. It's She's great. also popular. Literally. She is popular. <laughs> popular. You guys are all the popular kids. I do kids. think it's cool that, um, that Chase talks about being an introvert, because I am not an introvert at all. I'm opposite of introvert, which would be an extrovert, right? <laughs> <laughs> Best question um, ever. <laughs> And, uh, and so it's always interesting to me because we talked about this earlier, like how people will just like assume that you're extroverted because you're tweeting, like, mm-hmm. no, like get away. I don't know you fool. <laughs> <laughs> and, thank you. I want to say that Jesse, you are the epitome of what it means to be a psychiatrist for a lot of us. Um, you've uplifted so many voices in a time that like psychiatry was like what the fuck are we doing oh can I swear on this like we didn't know what we were doing and you led that charge for a lot of us and helped us be open about like how hard it was and like seeing patients you have been like the voice of psychiatry for us so I really like I don't tell you that enough um, but I think you should hear it thanks friend you guys are all contributing a lot I mean, I appreciate all you guys. Uh, so let's let everyone know where to find you guys. Um, Chase. Wait, you know, we appreciate you too, right? Yeah. I, I, uh, it's gonna, <laughs> I don't handle like, put that out there too before you try yeah, to close that out. That totally. I don't feel comfortable with uh, okay, flattery right, yeah. of any kind. Okay. No compliments. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no compliments, Zero compliments right, for you. There's this podcast that we're on and we, we just are here. That's exactly right. I take compliments here. once a year, and that already happened. And mm. uh, so I let us know when it year. comes back around. I'll mm-hmm. let you know next year when it happens. Um, so Chase, where can people find you? Um, people can find me on Twitter. So it's at Chase TM and then Anderson. Um, and then I also do writing and things like that too. So if you just type in Chase TM Anderson, my articles are out there too for people to read and if you're somebody who has to talk about racism and you don't want to anymore i already wrote about it so you can just throw that at them instead very good very good um and a great newsweek article recently too uh that you were kind enough to record for us and it's on the episode a couple episodes back that you recorded it's really nice got a lot of people uh complimenting that so thank Ooh. you again um jesse yourself oh hello you can find me also on the twitter um, I am at Dr. Jesse Gold. I spell my name J-E-S-S-I because I was a jerk of a kid who did not think that there was an E in Jessica. Um, and I'm the same on Instagram. And all of my writing is um, at uh, drjessiegold.com. I also write a bunch of places, like most likely Forbes in style self. So. Awesome. Ashley? Hi, um, you can find me on Twitter, um, the blonde RN. Um, I'm on Instagram, some the blonde RN, um, but y'all don't need to see me. Well, uh, yes, no, do. they do, people. Yeah, they do. Oh, they do. 
Yeah, yeah. Right. He's just here. All right. Thank you all so very much. Bye bye, everyone. See you next week. Bye, stuff. Not you guys. I'm not going to see you next week. <laughs> yeah, I was like, who? You strut with like just your head. Like you were strutting while you said that. It was like, yeah, that's what I do. This is what I am. I love it. I don't know. I strut moving my head. I don't mean to do that. <laughs> good. good. Brace good. that. Brace it. <laughs> This podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult a physician or other qualified health care provider for your specific health care needs or concerns. The opinions expressed on this podcast do not represent the opinions of our employees. Details in the podcast have been changed so that patient identification is not possible. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.